I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everybody, this is Sonny. I just wanted to stop for just a second to say that the episode you're about to hear was recorded Sunday night and the band list released Monday around noon our time. So what we did was we recorded a new episode on Monday night that went live Tuesday. That's the one you heard Tuesday. And what you're about to hear was the one recorded Sunday. I understand that we are we're going to say in the podcast several times, uh, you know, we don't know when a band list is coming, yada, yada. But we do know about the ban list. It's just that this was recorded ahead of time. We thought that it would still be good information to have and still be a good episode. So we wanted to go ahead and put it out anyway. But I wanted to let you all know that what you're about to hear, a couple of the things in there might be a little bit outdated. But again, we hope you enjoy as always. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I am here with my co-host. Hello. And of course, before we get too far in, we want to do the usual and thank the wonderful patrons. So with that said, let's give a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Top Cuts, Trouble Sonny, and Caleb, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet the Feet, AD, Anthony, Leela, Dank, Nugs, Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi, Has Anyone Actually Read Toy Vendor, HGH, Cyber, I Am McLincoln, Imagine Playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in 2022, On Earth, In the Milky Way Galaxy, In the Universe, On Earth in 2022, Playing Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> a little, did a little circle there. A little palindrome. Yeah. Pa- it's not actually a palindrome, but I see what you're saying. Hmm? Jarrett Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sprite Farter, Super Ancient Deep CDs, Nuts King, Coelacanth, Tearlements having this floodgate in your mouth, Tin Dangle Doles, more like Tin Dangle these Nuts, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, You Still Play Dragon Link? Well, Cry Me a River while I'm dragging these nuts across your face. Those, like, that string of, like, ten names is just, just perfection. 
Zingis Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Brandon Potter, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. That's been there for three episodes. Have yeah. you? Did you not catch it? No, 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 I did. But it gets me every time. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Beans, man. King, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pincode143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up, stop crying about it called by, it's balanced. The Meta Killers podcast tries to indoctrinate Sonny and Caleb to play Flunder. Hashtag Flunder best deck, L plus ratio plus Opelousa is not a floodgate. The next post I see from you, I am ratioing you <laughs> on principle. I follow you on Twitter. I will do it. <laughs> Where Opelousa dating sim, Konami? And, of course... I would like to take this moment, for those that do not know or haven't caught an episode, we do want to say, if you haven't already, be sure to go onto our YouTube channel. If you are listening on the Spotify or Apple Podcasts, while we do greatly appreciate your support there as well, we are putting full video, HD video, all that on our YouTube. We have bought a lot of equipment and it would feel really good for it to be validated with views (laughs) so if you could check us out if you like what you see which you probably won't because it's our faces but if you like the content be sure to go ahead and click the subscribe button ding the little notification bell all those things that the youtubers say all the time it would really help us out a lot because we have new goals for the next foreseeable future. I don't know if it's end of year goals at this point because we've already hit all of our end of year goals. And the end of year is like right around the corner. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if it'll be end of year goals, but we have some goals in mind that we really want to do for the YouTube page. And one of those is getting the YouTube page to a 1,000 subscribers. Now, since we've added video and started doing other things, our subscriber count has jumped a lot who knew that when you Woo. put videos on your YouTube page, your subscriber counts fly up? Oh. But regardless, um, we are trying to promote our YouTube right now. We have also started YouTube Shorts, and we have a TikTok page. And you can find links to all of that in the description. And like I said, it helps us out a lot. And we really, really appreciate all of the support across all of the platforms. It means the world to us. Also, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. We, of course, want to thank Millennium Threads. Millennium Threads is an Etsy store that carries all kinds of custom embroidered Yu-Gi-Oh apparel. They have t-shirts, hats, a couple of different kinds of hats. They have, like, Mm -hmm. baseball caps, bucket hats. Um, And you can also get things like hoodies, of course. The hoodies are my personal favorite. I'm a big hoodie guy, although I'm not wearing one right now because it's really warm in the studio because we have so many lights now. (laughs) But, of course, we do want to thank uh, Millennium Threads, and you can use code TOPCUT10 at checkout for 10% off of your order, and using that code does also support the channel. Also, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield is one of the largest TCG manufacturers in, or accessory manufacturers in the world. They have all of your sleeves, deck boxes, etc., although the sleeves is what they're most known for. And they have a new line of colors coming out. They have Ember, Wraith, Fury, and then they have Halloween and Christmas sleeves coming out, as well as Sapphire. No, Turquoise. Not going to lie. The, uh, I've been using the Wraiths. Whoo, they're nice. Yeah, I've been using the Embers, and I really like them. Although, I did see the Wraith ones recently, and I'm just like, oh, they're so nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Very nice, like, wine red. Where it's like almost purple, 
I would say it's more like a, like a, more of like a reddish purple. Yeah. Have you ever had those freezer pops where it's like a long tube and you put it in the freezer and you like freeze it and it makes a popsicle when you eat it? You mean the ones in like the plastic container? Yeah, the plastic always, tube. Yeah, they, that like always cuts to the sides of your mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those. Oh God. It's that. It's the color purple that you get in those. It's a little redder than that. Just a little bit. Close enough. Also, the Fury... I would say the Fury is like that wine red color. Ah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so... But, of course, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. You can find all of you, all their products on their website. We have in the link description down below. If you click the link before you shop, it helps us out. We mm -hmm. also have a TCG Player affiliate link for if you want to buy some cards. Click the link before you shop. It helps us out. Mm -hmm. Okay. With that said... Let's go ahead and get on into the meat of today's episode. We're going to go straight on into the good stuff today. Oh, yeah. So, we've been in, or I guess up until recently, we were in a format that felt very the same and very similar to what we had been in for a long time. And I think that it is worth going back and reviewing that format. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily in a set-by-set set manner. Yeah. We might go through it and progress through the timeline. But I want to look at the format as a whole. See how we felt about it near the beginning versus maybe the middle and then near the end. And see where we were at with the game at the time versus maybe where we are now. So for those that don't know... I would, or for those that are wondering where we're going to define this format, um, I would define the current format or the format that we're going to talk about from November of last year, starting with the release of Burst of Destiny mm. up until August of this year with the release of Power of the Elements. So Burst of Destiny is a good starting point. Because if you look at the format up into Burst of Destiny, then a lot of what you see is Tri-Brigade, Drytron, Virtual World, Eldlich, things like that. Whereas the second that Burst of Destiny released, most of those decks dropped from Tier 1 or 1.5 straight on down into Rogue. Whereas what came out in Burst of Destiny really changed the format a ton. So your best decks after Burst of Destiny were Sword Soul. And at that time, Flunder was a good deck, but not a top tier deck. Which it's always been like solidly tier two since release. Yeah. And it's never been like top of tier one, but it's never been Rogue. And then the other deck at that time was actually, I take that back. The other deck was still Tri-Brigade, but you had just gotten the release of Synchro Storm also. Yeah. So Tri-Brigade was Bird Up at that time. Yeah. So your best decks are Bird Up and Sword Soul, and maybe there might be another deck in there that I'm forgetting about. Prank Kids is probably a good-ish deck at the time, not great. But that's your format for a lot of November and a lot of December. As Sword Soul pilots kind of try to figure out the deck list and figure out how the deck works, 
you have Tri Brigade and Leerless Tri Brigade specifically really dominating a lot of the top meta play. And before we go any further, I do want to stop just a moment. I want to thank one of our Discord server members for suggesting this topic for this episode. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank jpalco95 because this suggestion came in like three, two or three months ago. And it was a moment, it was at a moment in time where we didn't really have a good grasp on how the format was going to come to a close. And I think now we have that better. Yeah. Now that the format should be coming to a close relatively soon? Question mark? No, the format came to a close a month ago. A uh, month and a half ago. Because the format came to a close with Power of the Elements release. Fair enough. I, I'm used to formats coming and going with ban lists. Right, right, right. And this one is so different because of that. Yeah. That That's one of the things that makes <coughs> that particular era, that, that like nine-ish month stretch, so unique. And is that it wasn't a nuclear ban list that really changed the format. Yeah, it was just the new stuff that got released. Right. So when you really take the time to sit back and think about it, it's all it's it's really unique in that it's not ban list to ban list, it's set release to set release. And then the ban list would come in and kinda of rein in some of the more crazier stuff. Exactly. But not like straight up make a deck unplayable. I say that, but we'll get there. Yeah. So this beginning of the timeline, like I said, is the release of Burst of Destiny and Sword Soul is immediately tier one, as well as Bird Up, which was Lairless Tri Brigade. And like I said, there I feel like there's another deck that I'm forgetting about. Uh but I can't put my finger on it. Same here. Hmm. So hmm. when you look at these decks. Oh, and any deck that could uh, any deck that could put uh, four monsters on board in one turn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because as it turns out, DPE also released in that set, and Fusion Destiny was already legal. Artifact Scythe was already legal, and uh, Verte Anaconda was legal. Yeah, yeah. So when you put all those recipes together, you also have Phantom Knights. That was the other good deck. I was even playing the playing Phantom Knights. You would play it a little bit later, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah, because during that time, I was actually on uh, Bird Up. Right. So but that was like super early Bird, Bird Up, and I got and I offloaded the deck right before it got hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Bird Up was actually a really short-lived deck. And what's interesting is we don't have a good set time for when Sword Soul necessarily became the best deck. In this format, and I don't know that Sword Soul even was the best deck. Bird Up probably was was the best deck, but at the time, Sword Soul was making Arch Nemesis Protos. I mean, Bird Up would make uh, 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 the Smorg Link. I can't think of the Link's actual name, but it'd make the Smorg Link and give them yeah. a gay. Smorg Bird of Sovereignty. Thank you. I, there's so many Smorg cards now. Yeah. So you could. The, the crazy thing about this format at this time. Is that you have November and December of last year, people hated the game. Because it wasn't just one one crazy deck. It felt like it was three crazy decks. 
and they all locked you out of the game completely. In one way or another. So, Sword Soul would end on Chishao, Baron, and Arch Nemesis Proto, call whatever attribute you want, usually Dark. So, you've got a blanket, just, you can't do this. But you have a floodgate, a negate, and a monster negate on field, basically an emperor. Yeah. Plus, you could also search blackout if you had the extension. But there was so much discourse on what the best best version of Sword Soul was. At first, people weren't even maining Protos. They're siding it. Yeah, yeah. And then Protos eventually moves into the main deck. And it's weird because people were calling for a ban list, but the format wasn't really ready for it yet. And people were still figuring stuff out. Right. And so the previous ban list had come October 1st, and we didn't see another ban list until the middle to end of January. So I believe January 22nd is when the ban list took effect. So you go from decks like Virtual World and Tri-Brigade, where you're maybe ending on interesting interactions and a banish here a you know a pop here bounce there right to ending on floodgates and you know you have bird up ending on a couple of special summoned monster bounces plus uh uh, you uh you couldn't topic udf utopic draco future yep uh, negate plus uh, apex avian negate uh, yeah you could do apex avian or you could do just barrier statue negate mm-hmm. oh and also that deck was running harpy's feather storm yeah plus it likes and you also couldn't target the ensemble blue robin because they would make it in a zone point so it's being pointed to, pointing at being pointed at by the smorg link which would protect for being targeted right and you also had the same issue with the barrier statue you could say something in the other zone yes so, you have these crazy decks that are out-of-this-world power ceiling, and it pretty much stays like this until January. In January, we get the ban list. You have Recital Starling Limited, mm-hmm. Samorg Link Banned, mm-hmm. which in and of itself just murders Burda. Oh yeah, no, because they lose their their only way to put out Apex Avian and the Barrier Statue, and it the Samorg Bird of Sovereignty resulted in a lot of generic, like your opponent's end phase if it's still in the field, you bring out like a Cobalt Sparrow, you know? yeah, to get a search, free search or a draw, or if you were insane, you'd also bring out the uh, the Mist Valley Thunderbird if your Apex Avian was still on board, and it represents infinite negates, literally infinite negates. Right. It was wild. Ridiculous. So, and then for the Sword Soul strategy, you have Arch Nemesis Protos Ban, which felt like kind of an early hit, but at the same time, like it felt like a, it happened really suddenly that they're already touching the Sword Soul deck. To be fair, they didn't touch Sword Soul. Right. They touched Arch Nemesis Protos. Absolutely. Um, but Sword Soul got that card banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a very targeted thing that didn't kill the deck outright. It just reigned in its ridiculousness a little bit. Right. So, from there we move on into February. And February is so interesting to me. Because you have the release of the set 
that really, in my opinion, in sure in tandem with Burst of Destiny, but this is the other set that has shaped the last. There, there's three major releases that kind of shaped the entire format. Mm-hmm. It was Burst of Destiny started the format. You have a big bump in power three months in with the release of the Grand Creators. Oh. So Grand Creators releases the Adventure Engine. Not even the you could people don't even call it the Adventure Archetype. The Adventure yeah. Engine. You also have the release of the Punk Engine and Exosister, which at the time was garbage. Yeah, hot hot garbage. Everybody just kind of went, eh, "It's a thing." Right. Eventually, it might become something. Yeah, it's got every. It's got the building blocks for something. They just. Spoiler alert, it has become something as of now. It won the most recent YCS. Yeah. So, you have, at this point, the the adventure engine becomes an integral key part of the just, Phantom Knight deck. And, I was about to say, just about, just about every deck. Well, yeah. So, it was really integral in Phantom Knights, in the... Uh, Prank kids. Prank kids. That's the one I'm thinking of. Prank kids, and a couple other decks here and there. There was a Eldritch Adventure deck that was really good. Just about any deck that could just it just not care about its normal summons effect going off. Right. Could just tech in an adventure engine. And yes. Be perfectly fine with it. So you have everybody thought at, on the release of the adventure engine that. You were just going to have the Phantom Knights being the best deck because you, the end board represents Scythe Lock, mm-hmm. a DPE pop, and potentially a Griffin Negate. A Griffin Negate, and potentially whatever else the Phantom Knight engine can put out on its own. Oh, yeah. A couple of fo- uh, one to two fog blades. Potentially even as going up as far as Appaloosa. Mm hmm. Yeah, with also with Rusty Bardish sitting behind the Appaloosa on top of that. Yeah, whatever the craziest end board you can think of was, it was doing it. Mm-hmm. But was what was really interesting is, as the format progressed, you saw not Phantom Knights become the best deck, but Prank Kids. And there was also one really cool, unique deck that kind of came out of nowhere, which was the Eldlich Cybers deck. Cyber Eldritch, yep. That deck was actually really cool because you're using Cyber Eldritch, and what it would do is it would use the Cyber Engine to, and this was a whole debate in our friend group when this came out, was whether or not this deck was good, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the Cyber Engine and the Eldritch Engine kind of mesh. Yeah. But the Cyber Engine represented a very easy one summon line to scythe lock mm-hmm. and it also represents you can so you can go into scythe locks which means you have dpe and you've used dagda to set artifact scythe in your back mm-hmm. row and then once you scythe lock your opponent you still have the ability to link climb but you also have the ability to play the eldritch engine and slowly resource your opponent out of the game so in that circumstance if you're let's say you're Cyber's engine gets shut down. Well, then you set three back row and pass, right? So now yeah. you still have 
the recurability of the Eldritch engine, and you have the ability to just kind of go into an access code for game. Right. Out of nowhere. Absolutely. And you also have DPE and Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer's ability to constantly recur itself from the graveyard and slowly generate advantage over time really plays into the Eldritch engine very, very well. Mm -hmm. So you have the ability to play the slow long game in which you win in a resource battle with Eldritch and DPE. Or you can play fast and loose and scythe lock your opponent and then access code OTK them the next turn. Mm -hmm. Or you, I mean, you just have a myriad of different ways you can play the game. Something else you could also do is when you is when you reactivate your DP to pop some of your opponent's field, you could pop your own Eldritch traps. Right. To like, like, oh well, they just have a bunch of back row. I can't conk, I can't conquistador it or whatever. I'll just pop the back row and the conk with DPE and effective conquistador to blah, set blah, 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 Scarlet Sanguine and keep going. Yeah, blah 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 blah. So what this really gives you is a good resource loop and a way to the two engines can complement each other, which is absolutely shocking that the that those two engines that just clash so horribly on paper on paper when in actuality just go together like ge- like uh teeth in a gear that's such a great way to say it. teeth in a gear just yeah that's why i was sitting there doing that with my hands i thought you were gonna say bread and butter or like something or peanut butter and jelly but teeth in a gear that's yeah i like that yeah yeah it was like two different engines that were just meshed together and their gearbox is just lined up All right so as cool as that Cyrus Eldritch deck is, the best deck, I would say, in most people's eyes, by the time the format really shaped itself, I would say the best deck is Prank Kids. Because the adventure package giving them that real quick, easy negate, let them really insulate their kind of weak combo. Well, at this time, I, Prank Kids Meow Meow Moo had been limited. Yeah, not weak, frail. I guess frail is a good word for it. But it allowed them to end on multiple forms of interruption now. Mm-hmm. And in an in an engine where your normal summon matters, but not in a sense of normal summon and then getting that monster's effect. On feel, like normal summon, activate effect to search for the next piece to keep going. Right. So your engine really relies on normal summon and just link off. Therefore... Because you don't use the normal summoned effect of a monster on field during your turn, it doesn't clash with the adventure engine at all. Correct. Uh, actually, that's the reason why adventure does so well with uh, Phantom Knights, because all the main deck Phantom Knight monsters don't have really good on field effects. Right. If they have them at all, um, and then even then, the one, the only one that I couldn't think of off the top of my head that had them was Ragged Gloves, and even then, that still required him to be used as an uh, use material for an XC summon. Yeah. It's really crazy to me how quickly Phantom Knights fell off when you got deeper into the format. It was a really great deck, but I guess the engine was so big and you needed so many hand traps to play against your opponents. Yeah, no, no, yeah, because that 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 package was gigantic. Because you not only did you need a phantom, a full on Phantom Knight package, which was like a uh, three cloak, three boots. One glove, one shade brick, one uh, no shade, not shade brick. I mean, you had shade brick. I, I don't know. It was like fifteen cards just for the PK stuff. 
Right. Then you also need your three axis engine um, in case you don't draw draw enough right. PK stuff to do anything. So you need that three axis engine of like Turguides and Kagamuchanites. Right. The and Psychic then, Wielder. Yeah, the, the Wielder. Tracer. Yeah. Uh, the dangers with Suchinoko and Jackalope. There's just so much peripheral that you have to fit into the deck that you look at like a 45 card list and you're like, wow, this is crazy. I don't have any you, hand traps yet. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, in the, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm running like 10 hand traps. Right. Mm. Whereas you look at the Prank Kids deck, and you're like, cool, I'm running uh, 16 Prank Kid names, which is three of each of the kids, up three place, and one terraforming. Mm hmm. And then I'm running like an eight or nine card adventure, nine card adventure engine. And the rest is hand traps. And then like 15 or hand traps. Yep. And also I'm running a, and I'm at 39. Oh yeah. You So huh. let's think 16 plus nine is 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, yeah so let's say you traps. run a, you run a dozen hand traps and you run a five card DPE engine. And even then, like it's only three cards in the main. It's five cards in the main. At the time, Fusion Destiny was at three, oh. and then Celestial Dasher. I'm used to Fusion Destiny being a one. It's at. It's always been at two. Okay, yeah. I'm used to it being not it being a one, but like only using one copy because you only need one copy technically. Well, once it got semi limited, and the next ban, uh, the next ban list changed a lot. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, what we're looking at now is you have, um, you have prank kids. You have Swordsoul is still competitive, but everything else was so over the top at this point, and people are still figuring out Swordsoul again, which now Swordsoul has kind of moved into more of a. It was a Halky Fibrax engine, mm -hmm. and it was also running Mecha Phantom Beast Aurorodon. Oh my god. <laughs> and the Deskbot. Deskbot 001. It's, it was a crazy build. At, the idea of being able to go into Hauk and then Aurorodon and never use your normal summon. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, no, you stop that. Shrug, 10 me plays. Yeah. And that, oh, normal summon Moe. Hold on, hold on. Not normal summon yet. Oh, no, they stopped that. Normal summon Moe. Yeah, two 10 in hand represented a board of, like, three or four monsters of, like, negates and floodgates. And it's yeah. like, oh, and you're also running Herald of the Arclight, too. Yeah, because at, at one point you can just have an Adhara on board and synchro with one of the Mecha Phantom Beast tokens to make Herald of the Arclight. Or use Despot 01 with one of your tokens. Right. If you like somehow revived it again. Yeah, so you could actually use the... You could have an Adhara on board. So you can use Hauk, bring out Despot, make Mecha Phantom Beast Aurorodon. And if you still haven't had horror on board when you make a Rordon and the three tokens yep. and bring Despot back, that's five on board. Then you can make Yazi and then use Yazi to pop himself and a Rordon, summon out a summon out a worm like Moyi, and then later on in your combo, you still have the Despot and the token on field. Yeah, and then go into uh Herald. Herald of the Arc Light. In it addition. was a it was an insane deck. Oh yeah, and then if your opponent out of the Herald, you could just kind of be funny and search Saravius. I guess you could theoretically if you wanted to. I don't think anybody ever did, but you could. Yeah, yeah it was still a thing you could do was search a hand trap. Yeah. 
Not a great hand trap, but a hand trap nonetheless. So think about the consistency of some other decks when you're think about the consistency of prank kids and cyrus eldlich and pure trap eldlich was mm -hmm. a deck that some people ran it was yeah. piloted to second place at ycs charlotte oh, yeah, the which was the first ycs back from covid but the only monsters that actually ran were what two golden lords uh some of them only ran two golden lord yeah yeah uh and then some of them ran like two golden lords and like one or two ecclesia. Yeah, and then one there was one madman I saw who was running a, a inspector border. Right. Yeah. On top of that, I'm like, oh. Some of them sided inspector border too. Yeah, it's a good side deck card. So, this is the format around April, and then as you get into May, we got a new ban list in May. Mm. So the May ban list, which. Is still the current ban list as of this recording. Mm -hmm. The May ban list did a lot to shake up the format. It, it really did. So they banned Prank Kids Meow Meow Moo, which was previously at one. Mm -hmm. So that deck is dead. Just yep. immediately. It, the it deck is no more. It literally can't function. And then you also have the... Let's see. The ban of Predaplant Verte Anaconda. Which was being at, called for by most of the community at this point. Right. <laughs> and was definitely a hit that people saw coming a mile away. Yeah, it, it was a hit that needed to happen. But, uh, I don't know. It's It was a cool card. It just enabled the entire DPE engine. Yeah, yeah. And, and like even before then, it was enabling Dragoon. Yeah. But, I mean, Dragoon is nothing compared to DPE. Right. D DP Dragoon wishes it was D it could look at the dirt the DP had walked upon. And the crazy thing is, when you really look at the cards themselves, DPE is like an A tier boss monster, right? Mm -hmm. Dragoon is an S tier boss monster. But the package surrounding DPE, mm -hmm. when when you think about Dragoon, you have to play two flat out bricks. Yep. But for... Maybe one if you're doing something weird. Right. But for DPE, you aren't playing those flat-out bricks. Yeah. You're playing Dash or Celestial, which results in you either summoning one off the top of your deck and or drawing two cards on your next turn. It's... Sometimes you get both. Insane. Listen, there was one game where I made DPE. They basically out of my board. My DP came back, so all I had on board was a DP. Sure. My top deck was Nibiru. I was just about to say that happened against me. Effect you did that to me. I've done it several times. Yeah. And effective Dasher special Nibiru game. Yeah. Uh, and your last banned card on this list is Mecha Phantom Beast Auroradon. Eh. Which is fine. Yeah. The list did a lot more shaking up. Which well, okay, I say hold on. Whoa, 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 let me back up. Let me back up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We undersold that a lot. Mecha Phantom Beast Aurodon was a huge problem. Mm -hmm. It generated a bunch of tokens. It made for a ton of easy synchro material. And the Sword Soul deck was insane Ooh. with, and it's still good without <clears throat> that card. And like, not only that, literally any deck that was running uh, tuners and non-tuners, any synchro deck, could, make, could go through that line. Yes. Any of them. Because all you need is a tuner and a non-tuner. Link two in the Halka Fibrax. Yes. Special summon, Despot. Boom. There you go. You got it. Yeah. From hand, 
org deck, by the way. So Despot was only like a half brick. Right. Instead of a full brick. All right. Uh, your unlimits on this list, and this list is just so much easier for me to remember than the January one because I have it pulled up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had... So these are the newly limited cards. Jet Synchron went from zero to one, and it's been mostly fine. Surprisingly so. It's it's still a great card. The only time I've ever seen it used in a toxic way, toxic in quotation marks, right. uh, was in exactly a weird punk deck where they would like end on, like, they would end their turn with the Halka Fibrax, mm-hmm. and then they tag the Halka Fibrax out into, um, formula. No, re- uh, Hot Red Dragon Archfiend king bane or something the one that just says you can't play any cards hot red dragon archfiend king calamity yeah the one that's just like yeah you don't get to play any cards i don't think that, it's not that they tag out into that they yeah, tag yeah, they they yeah. build a board jet synchron is pretty integral in building the board yeah, yeah. and then at the end of the board yeah, they, yeah, you tag, tag out into formula and, and use, use formula, formula to quick synchron into it yeah um, but, also, some, oh. something not mentioned. On the January ban list, Fairy's Health Snow was moved from 0 to 1. So, Which, as Terry Pratchett one, once said, was a move that everyone hated. No, no. A lot of people loved that move. But everybody hates it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. So, then you have Performer Pal Monkey Board went from 0 to 1. Has done nothing. Lots of initial fanfare has done nothing. Yes. Um, a newly limited card is Red Rose Dragon. So we actually t- totally spaced on this deck. Also, at YCS Charlotte, a new deck came around. And this deck was only premiered at YCS Charlotte. And it just very quickly took over the format. It was a deck called Based. I was, which, calling, I was calling it Rose Dragon Link for the longest time. But it's not Dragon Link. It's, 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 it's a different deck. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so this deck was called Based. Some people called it Rad. So, oh, that deck. Okay. Some people called it Bad, which is an actual name. So Based represented... Um, I don't know quite what the B was, but I know it was Adventure, Synchro... Um, the E is something, and then you have Dragon. I don't remember. So I know, uh, I know, uh, I know, uh, I know, uh, maybe Basil Rose Shoot. Maybe I remember originally it was just called Synchro Pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you use Red Rose Dragon in conjunction with Rocks Rose Dragon with the Adventure Engine. So the Adventure Engine make an early negate, and then you use your Adventure Token as Synchro material. That way, you can start building a Synchro board using the uh, the Magician Souls. Cards. Okay, it was brave, brave artifact scythe. Okay, sure. Uh, let's see. I, I have like read through this because they're doing like, oh, it could be this. This is. Uh, then it's like magician's souls, DPE, and then yeah, and then the D and the E for uh, whatever. It's not okay. okay. It wasn't so very well thought out. It's brave because it was the brave package adventure. Bra- package. Here it is: brave artifact souls enforcer dragons. 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 Oh, because it's red rose rock rose dragon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have the brave package. The uh, the A was artifact because you're have artifact scythe and you can scythe lock. 
Then you have S, which is souls, because you're running Magician Souls in conjunction with Illusion of Chaos. Mm -hmm. Very cool. As a draw engine. I actually tried it once in PK. It's really It, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds really cool in PK. And then you have the E. For Enforcer. Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer used in conjunction with the A, Artifact Scythe. And then D for the Rose Dragon stuff. And it sounds crazy and convoluted, but it all meshed really well because like so many of those cards are just generic yeah they're just you know good yeah it, it, it was a lot of like four and five and eight card engines that was, all meshed in together it was very reminiscent of some of the earlier of some of the earliest builds of uh dino rabbit where it was less of a of a strategy where this is where we're going and yeah. more of just good stuff dot deck. Just right. the best stuff that was in the format just all in one deck because it could mesh together and not step on each other's toes. Right. This is very reminiscent of that. Speaking of toes, yes, there is a reason we're wearing blankets in today's episode. <laughs> oh, I'm just doing it because my legs are kind of cold. Because there's like a fan right there that's blowing right against my legs. Okay. Moving right along. Sure. I'm looking at you. Moving. You know who you are. All right. <laughs> Caleb's like, don't draw attention to my feet. Stop. I know they look like a hobbit. <laughs> no. You, okay. All right. I mean, with this beard, you are short. I mean, with this beard, I'm more like a dwarf. All right. Uh, another card that came back was Yadagarasu, which has done nothing. Yep. Hauki Fibrax is newly limited, as well as Shooting Riser Dragon. So... Was any deck even running more than one Hauk of Fibrax? Okay. No decks were running more than one Hauk or Shooting Riser. But there was a really, really consistent deck in the OCG. That was running multiple copies. That was running multiples. Got it. And when you really think about it, Shooting Riser was a soft once per turn. Uh, oh. oh. Mm. Right. So Shooting Riser being able to bin Fairytale Snow... Make itself level three, and then that access synchro plays. Yeah, special summon. The, then you can just special summon the snow. All right, and synchro to a new shooting riser. Yeah, and then snow is not once per turn. So and again, yeah, yeah. It, it it's got some crazy, crazy implications, and it was actually hilariously a hot red dragon archfiend king calamity easy oh, yeah. easy line, and that's why they didn't want it. But yeah, guess what? It, it, was, it happened anyway. It, it was a. Uh, it was a uh, hit before it became a problem. Right, exactly. What, what is the word I am trying to think of for that? It's proactive. It. Thank you. It's a proactive uh, yeah. act instead of a reactive. Yeah. Uh, change of heart is newly limited, which is cool. Some it's done I have nothing. Yeah, I haven't really seen any lists playing it, but it's a cool card. I played it once for the meme of it. Yeah, same. Because Regeki's better. And it's at three. Yeah. That's why it's better because it's just more consistent. To be fair, there is something to be said about just activating Change of Heart in your opponent's negate board. Yeah. But then why not just activate Regeki? Well, I think there's some there's there's something about being able to take that opponent's monster and use that as synchro link material, tease material, etc., oh, and just having the fair. body use their monster use their monster as a starter. Right. Uh, Time Seal is also newly forbidden or newly limited yeah. from forbidden. At, as as done. Yeah. Um, then you have Dynamite, the true Drago fighter, is newly, newly semied. Great for uh, Drago players. Sure. Cyber Angel Ben 10 is now semied. Fire Formation Tanky is now semied. 
Uh, Pot of Desires, Trickstar, Light Sage, and Wall of Revealing Light all semied. And then Night Assailant, Trish, Mirage Talio, Hero Lives, Salamander Great Circle, and Scapegoat all came to three. The Night Assailant, though, was because it got errated. Yeah. Fusion Destiny and Nadir Servant were actually both limited on the January list. Yeah. Um, the errated they made, by the way. So, the issue with Night Assailant before is that when Night Assailant gets discarded, you can add a flip monster back to your hand. He himself is also a flip monster. So, he would just add himself back, a different copy of him back. Right. They ratted him to now he to now instead of saying accept this card it says accept Night Assailant. Uh, so no more infinite loops. Unfor infinite resource loops. Big unfor. So after this you have the release of Dimension Force. Mm -hmm. Dimension Force came out and it didn't really do a ton. It released the Therion package, but more what you saw at this time was people converting their based decks into more of a punk synchro deck. Mm -hmm. So with a small Therian package. Yeah, yeah. And then uh eventually the Therian package was just pushed out though. Yeah, and then plant decks really started using Therian. Yeah, so the plant decks evolved using the Sunseed cards. Mm -hmm. And you'd use the Sunseed Sun Avalon cards to kind of just link climb using plants. And it's a cool deck and it ends on a couple of interesting interactions. Yeah, and like one of the things that they would do is that they would summon because one of the Therians is a plant monster. Would summon that, equip Regulus, and then somehow they'd be able to switch them. Right. I don't remember exact. I don't remember the exact line, but you could either like switch them or the plant itself gained the effects of Regulus. Yeah. So it's, it's just that Regulus had a bigger body, and it was in the gate. Yeah. The plant deck was like rogue, but good. Very solid. The synchro engine behind the punk cards i think is the the rise of the punk cards at this time is really really what's most interesting about this time but before we get too far into the rise of the punk cards we want to take a moment to thank etb games so etb games is of course where we like to go when we want to shop for all of our stuff square we just had that edison tournament yes etb games is of course your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs they have everything that you want for all of your singles and sealed product for all of the card games like Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and more. They also have, of course, all of your accessories. So they have all of your sleeves, binders, deck boxes, play mats, and more, as well as figurines, paint for the figurines, different books, and everything that you need to play tabletop games. So if you're interested, be sure to check out ETB Games. The link is in the description down below. Now... The thing about the the um the punk deck, yeah, it Dimension Force released a card called the Noah Punk Deer Note, <laughs> and the, I don't know what it was about Deer Note that gave the engine so much more resiliency. Yeah. Maybe just an extra body on board, whatever it was. But the ability of the punk deck to keep pumping out resources and monsters kind of turned around from the rose dragon engine to a punk engine now but with verte anaconda band you're not running a dpe engine so it's just yeah. it's just punk synchro pile with adventure and it was really good so it went from based to b a d p d i think it'll be sap sap 
synchro adventure punk. Yeah, let's go with Sap. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that it ever had a real name. Yo, add a plant engine in there. It's tree sap. Oh gosh. <laughs> and so, of course, right around this time, you also have the release of the new structure deck, Albash Strike. Oh my god. Albash Strike represented a huge shift in the meta, in that it released uh, the branded fusion, mm-hmm. as and... well as. Tri-Brigade Mercurier, which is a pretty important part of that strategy. And, and of course, Mirror Jade. Yeah, and there was a branded continuous spell. Continuous spell? Yeah, they actually run it. That wasn't released in the structure deck. I thought it was. Nope, they already had that. Okay, never mind then. And you also had branded in high spirits as well as branded opening. Branded opening was the crazy card. It was a super rare Back in, I believe, Dawn of Majesty yeah, or Lightning it was Overdrive. Expensive. Yeah, it got it got up to thirty or forty dollars for yeah. a super rare. That being said, that structure deck also came out with some really cool tokens. I'm not gonna lie, it did. It had like six really cool tokens, and like they were all like hell had like stories on them in flavor text. Yes, I was like, oh, keep doing that. Top tier token game, honestly. I just wish they all would have been super rare. That's my one gripe with the tokens. So. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, we also, at this time, want to talk about the format, not just the releases. So, yeah. the best deck was... or I don't even know that I want to say the best deck, but the most represented deck at this time was probably Branded Despia. I think part of that was just uh, how cheap it was. Well, you say that... Aluber was not in the structure deck, but he he had a reprint coming like literally right around the corner. True. Okay, so Aluber got a reprint of like probably about two or three weeks later. Yeah, maybe about two weeks later in Ghost from the Past Two. Yeah. So yeah, so I I think that was a big part of it. And, yeah. And then of course a lot of the people who were going to play the deck had already gotten had either already gotten their Alubers or were waiting on the Ghost from the Past Two reprint because they announced that months in advance well they actually didn't so the structure that came out in late may mm-hmm. and ghost from the past two came out like a week later and we didn't have spoilers until like right when the structure deck released i could have i remember us talking about a luber being it being in there like... but it was it wasn't too much before the structure deck it was right around the same time because hmm. i remember at the regionals mm-hmm. like a few weeks before the structure deck Everyone was like, oh, man, I need to get my Lubers because the Lubers were at, like, 150 oh. I know somebody that paid $130 each for Lubers Ooh. at regionals. And then two weeks later, they announced the reprint. Yeah. And the reprint was, like, 5 bucks. I think it was 8 on release, and it settled around, like, 7 or 6 yeah. And now they're, like, a dollar. Yeah. Like, and I remember they were $5 for a long time. Just think. That deck has not gotten a hit on the ban list at all. Mm-hmm. It went from the most represented deck in the room to the main cards for it are a dollar. Yep. And and the thing is, it's not that it's a bad deck. It's actually a very solid deck. It's just that it got power crept. Mm-hmm. So from there, we end up in this weird state where you have the branded Despia as one of the top decks. Then your other top decks are like the the Punk Synchro deck and Sword Soul, mm-hmm. which is still just like 
chilling. Oh, yeah, just doing its thing. Yeah. And at this point, the only deck that you really have, the only event that we have coming up at this point, as we get in from June into July, we only have one more event coming, which is Nationals, which was won by Sword Soul. But Sword Soul was playing a really weird kind of going second build running Mystic Mines. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to then the next week when people start realizing this mine is a good well, card well the next weekend power of the elements released like a week and a half later mm-hmm. just in time for everybody to realize just how good mystic mine is yep so now we are here we have arrived at the current time power of the elements released on i believe august 5th or 6th because mm-hmm. i know august 6th is when we had the regional it's been a while six weeks and uh tier limits won oceanics and out of six major tournaments that's the only one that any of either of those decks have won really yeah okay so your your major events the ycs's mm-hmm. and nationals you have north american <coughs> world championship qualifier which was won by sword soul mystic mine then you have um euros which was won by Rika mystic mine Mm-hmm. Then you have YCS uh, Brazil in Rio de Janeiro, which was won by Mystic Mind Burn. Ugh. Then you have Oceanics, which was won by um, Tier Laments, mm-hmm. playing two Mystic Mind in the main. Of course. Then you have YCS Niagara Falls, which was a couple of weeks ago, which was won by Exosister, playing Mystic Mind in the main. And Dimension Shifter. That is some really good Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. I, there is like this amazing picture that I'm glad that the that the guy who got, whoever got the picture was in the perfect spot for this where it was Jesse, Jesse Cotton. Cotton getting D-shiftered and just the look on his face. Just like a, oh yeah, just classic look. Just like a really dude. Uh, honestly, how how are you not prepared for Dimension Shifter at this point? Uh, I mean, it's a known or card. You can mine. game plan around it. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I, that's a that's a whole copy pasta within the community. Yeah. Jesse Cotton posted two weeks before the event or a week before the event. Honestly, with all due respect, how are you yeah, not prepared no for, for Mystic Mine uh, at this point? And so then people were just copying and pasting it, and then just replacing. Uh, Mystic Mind with D Shifter. Right. <laughs> that said, I have a, an enormous amount of respect for Jesse Cotton as a player. He got second place at yeah, yeah. YCS Niagara, and he lost to Exosister, which is literally built to beat Tier Limit. Uh, you're playing. Very specifically. Right. You're playing Dimension Shifters. You're playing. Different uh, Dimension mis- Ground. Yeah. Well, not that, but was he? Yeah, I remember him having. I think he had different Dimension Ground in there, too. That would be wild. I didn't see that in the list. I don't remember. Because it, it's literally D-Shifter, but only on your opponent's yeah. turn. So you have D-Shifter, Mystic Mine, whatever else is, this deck is teched out to do. The idea that this deck does all of this is just so tuned toward beating Tier Limit, which was the deck to beat going into the event. And then so, like, Which is why Sprite had the highest amount in top cut, was because everybody was tuned in on Tier Limit. So. But then you also have to remember that that Tillerman also does a whole lot of stuff with their graveyard effects. Right. And those are the decks that Exorcisters are designed to prey on. Absolutely. Upon. Which is they why Exorcister. Yeah, which is why Exorcister, the third deck out of Grand Creators. Whoa, we circled. 
um, that's why that deck is so competent right now. That's why I was expected to be good later after Power of the Elements, and it has. So. Oh yeah, it's so, why it's why uh, Marthas were so expensive. Yeah. So that's where we are today. Your best decks are Sprite and Tier Lament, with everything else being a clear step below. It has been four and a half months since we've had a ban list, and. Whew, it's time, Konami, if you're Please. listening. It's time we need a ban list. We don't even necessarily need a ban list, per se. Just even an acknowledgement that we're working on it. Right. Just an acknowledgement. So, okay. Let's do a couple of mailbag questions before we get on out of here. Woo! So, if an archetype or deck has consistent tops at regionals and YCSs but does not win them, is the theory crafting or deck philosophy of the deck incomplete or wrong? At Ignister won a single event right before the release of Lightning Overdrive, and I've seen consistency recently, but zero wins, even though they have hmm. the deck space to tech whatever they could ever want. That's an interesting question, actually. So I think it's possible that the theory of the deck is incomplete or wrong. That's absolutely a possible theory, yeah. and it's worth exploring the theory of the deck. The other side of it, though, is you have to wonder if the deck is always just slightly outclassed by the other things. So even as the deck gets innovated on, these other decks are get, just yeah. getting... Sure, Adagnister is getting better, but other decks are also getting way better yeah. that much faster due to sheer power creep. Yeah, a, co yeah, a combination of power creep and then also just... Yeah, is it just, you know, just random cards that people haven't thought about in, de in a decade all of a sudden becoming not only viable but broken right what interesting innovations on previous decks have you seen verna sylphs in earth machine crawler soma and b trooper circular in adagnister etc i loved the pivot from zodiac tri brigade to bird up i think it was very cool it was an innovation and a tech that granted relied a lot on the release of new cards but i think it's very cool and also circular in adagnister is also crazy Oh yeah, no, that's that's, oh my god. Uh, I mean, the coolest thing I've seen, personally, besides that, was like the nimble package that some people were running in uh, some earlier builds of Marinces. Oh, and Sprite too. Yeah, Sprite. Uh, the nimble package though was like nimble, angler, beaver, and silencing nimble. Oh okay, I didn't realize they were running the nimble anglers and beavers and because they're, in... they're all water. Oh, okay. Also, Cyber's Eldritch was an amazing innovation. That was extremely mm -hmm. cool. Uh, have you watched Clan Ad? No. Neither have I. So, it is now on my list, though, because apparently it's good. Yes. So, no, we didn't cry. Um, do you prefer a board of negates or a board with one to three negates? A board, full, okay, a board of negates or a board of one to three negates and a couple other forms of interaction? think i prefer the ones with multiple with like one or two negates and just a bunch of other interactions that's what i would prefer to make um that is not what i prefer my opponent to make because they are scary <laughs> uh if opelousa wasn't a dating sim would you have to complete four tasks before you could ask them out because of the four negates would you consider them dating floodgating your dating life at that point to answer the second half of the question yes and that exact circumstance, and only that exact circumstance, Appaloosa is a floodgate. No, you 
<laughs> They're gonna clip that. Don't good. Um, but for the first part, uh, in my opinion, that would really depend on the actual mechanics of the dating sim. You you know what I mean? Maybe I still don't think it's a floodgate. <laughs> Just like you can eliminate the negates of Opelousa, you can eliminate those tasks. Have you reached? You have reached your two goals for this year for the podcast, which was a hundred thousand total plays mm-hmm. and fifteen hundred followers on Twitter. We crushed them both. Do you have new goals set? Um, they're not goals for end of year, but if we get to them before the end of the year, that'd be crazy. Oh, that'd be awesome. uh, a thousand subscribers on YouTube, sixty patrons, and four thousand watch hours on YouTube. All right, sure. We are currently at 48 patrons, 47, 46, something like that. We're in the mid-40s. We are currently at 275-ish subscribers on YouTube. We're currently around close to 600 watch hours. Yeah, It It is feasible. It's going to be rough. Yeah. it's Keep in mind, those are the numbers for monetization on YouTube because yeah, yeah, money is good. <laughs> we want more equipment. Yeah, so we can get better equipment, just make everything better. Yeah. Uh, what is the best fast food burger? Not casual fast like Five Guys. Fast food like reasonably cheap and has a hint of regret in every bite. Okay. For those, it really depends on how much of those... Uh, those... Uh, what's what I'm looking for? English is not my forte today. Um, That's rough because we talk for... Uh, I know. <laughs> we uh, talk for what we do. Okay, so okay, so like, like it really depends on which one you're looking for most out of the columns. So like for cheap, like really high on cheap, really high on regret, McDonald's is pretty solid. That is very high on regret. Yeah. And McDonald's is not that cheap anymore, by the way. Yeah. Uh but Burger King is right up there with them. Um You're listing all of the worst fast food burgers. Yeah, that's why I said high on cheap, high on regret. But like almost almost like eighty percent regret. Okay, there's only two good fast food burgers, uh, and you can put me on the record on saying this. There's only no two. Way. Sonic double cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Whataburger. Anything, but especially the patty melt. Oh, my God. The, that mushroom patty melt they had for a while? Oh. I don't like mushrooms, so I didn't get it. But the Whataburger patty melt is... Oh, so much regret. Oh, it's so amazing. Would you rather remote duel? Would you rather like remote duel somebody or duel in a simulator like Dueling Book or Master Duel? Uh, hmm. I think it depends. For me, it really depends on just whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, I personally lean more toward the physical cards because then I have them. Sure. Because then I have them, I can you know mess with them very tactile. Uh. But there are definitely some benefits of doing the online simulator because the simulator can also kind of help you like figure. So like, for instance, you come into like a weird instance of, I don't know how this interaction will work. The simulators, I don't know how that interaction. Well, works. not on dueling book, not on, unless you're on dueling book, you got to figure that out yourself on dueling book. Yeah. Or call a judge. Yeah. Uh, but on like master duel and all the rest of them, all the automated ones, it's like, yeah, this is how this will work. Right. You figure that stuff out. Um, however, then since everything is automated, you can argue that it doesn't really buff your skills as much. Yeah, but it can at least get, give you an idea of, okay, so, like, I activate this search. This is what I can search with it. Right. So, my thing is, 
I don't like simulators at all. I don't like dueling book unless I am playing with somebody who does not have paper cards and wants to play like a retro or something. I don't like EDO Pro unless I have a reason, like somebody has asked me specifically for EDO Pro, which I try to avoid. And I don't like Master School because of a lot of reasons. That's a whole episode on its own. Yeah. You know what my biggest issue with Dueling Book is? Using Pot of Extravagance Yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah, it's crazy. Not the Banish 6, it's the... uh. Or no, not pop. No, no, not pop of extravagance, or pop of prosperity. It's using uh absolute king backjack. Yeah. After yeah. using pot of extravagance. Yes. Because there's no way. Just look at the top three. Right. You have to like banish them face down, and then your opponent has to just kind of trust that you're putting the right cards back. Yeah. I prefer remote dueling for one really good reason. I think that there's so much lost when you don't have true interaction with your opponent there's so many little things about the game from a competitive standpoint that you get when you can you know read what your opponent does when you can see the things that your opponent's doing how they're handling themselves you know uh did they just lay their hand down and then when you got to seven five they're all of a sudden checking their hand constantly you know did you did they react suddenly when you went to search a card and they thought for a minute and they said, ah, no, you're good. And then, okay, well, maybe they have Ash, you know, maybe they have Nib, you know, and mm -hmm. did they react when you normal summon a monster and activated effect and now they have to think that's an Imperm or a Valor? It's, you can get, you can read so mm -hmm. much from your opponent's reactions. What they do says everything. And you don't get that from simulators. So that's mm -hmm. why I prefer remote dueling. Because I think that the interaction is the most important. It's it's one of the most important parts of being a, of a successful player is reading mm -hmm. your opponents. All right. That is the last question that we have. Of course, before we go, we want to circle back around to the sponsors and the patrons. So again, huge thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the podcast. If you want to do it, it's as little as $1 a month. You can mm -hmm. just go ahead and click the link down below. Uh, as well as there's links down below for our TCG player affiliate link, Dragon Shield affiliate link, Millennium Threads, again, discount code TopCut10, as well as ETB Games, their link is down below. We will also put links down below for our TikTok page, and there's one for our YouTube page. So reminders on those. With all of that said, that's going to wrap us up for today's episode. Thank you all so much for watching and listening and supporting. We appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.